Hello. Hi. Welcome to Truly Fabulously Monstrous. A podcast about true crime and weird stuff. I am half of your host, Hattie James. I am your other half of your host, Ace. Hi, Ace. Hi, Hattie. How are you? I am good. I'm tired, but good. I get that. Yeah. It is, uh, while we are recording this, it is the day of Halloween. Uh, We've already posted our Halloween episode today, so you've hopefully already listened to that. Um, But while we're recording this one, it is the day itself. Yeah. And uh, it's the end of, it's nearing the end of the day. And it's, well, I don't know what it was like for people that do have kids, but like, it was a long day for me. (laughs) It was a very long day for me. Like my kids were merciful and let me sleep until nine, but ever since then oh. it's been go, 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 go. I had to like roast pumpkin seeds and I oh, had to yeah. finish editing and uploading our podcast and then carve the harbinger's pumpkin because he's too young and it'll biddle to he's only nineteen. He's not allowed old. to wield knives. Nineteen month olds are not allowed to wield knives. Um yeah. and then we had to get dressed and then we had to go to my parents' place and then get the costumes on and then we did trunk or tree and then we had to go to my parents' place to dry. It was just long. We yeah. got home. We got home at nine. Uh, my day was more along the lines of mostly like errands and stuff that I had to run. It's Sunday, so it's a uh, cat fountain cleaning day. They have two water fountains, um, one for each floor of the house because, yeah, I spoil my cats. Um, But yeah, so I was like, okay, I got to wake up early, got to clean the fountains because our mutual yeah. friend had asked if I wanted to go. Uh, a new Target opened up, not in our town, but in a, like the next town. up from us which is closer than the target we usually go to which is like four towns away so we're like let's go check out the new target so should we just uh jump right into the episode i guess yeah that that covers the the banter yeah (laughs) all right so it's my turn to tell an spoopy Mm. okay Hooray, I'm excited i'm excited because you said it's something you wanted to cover and now i'm going through my head i'm like I don't know what it is because you've, to my knowledge, you've already covered all the things that you said you've wanted to cover. Okay. Like you've done the Bennington Triangle and you've done a bunch of other Vermont stuff that at the at this yeah. exact moment, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, all right. So um, I'm, I'm going to say two things. The first one is I was waiting because I wanted to like do this justice and I want to do a full in-depth expose onto this. And then I'm sitting there realizing I don't want to do more than 30 minutes. <laughs> Um, which means I have to put like the bare minimum effort in and I cannot do this, um, topic justice and I'm not pulling another Robert Durst and I'm not Ah. doing three episodes. Um, and you know what? I'm just, I'm not even going to justify this because I feel like I owe no one an explanation, but quite honestly, you all should have seen this coming because I did, like I just said, I did all three of my crimes this season about Robert Durst. Every weird thing this season so far has been Vermont. So this is the last, not only the last weird episode that I get to do this season, but it's the last weird episode of the season. I'm a go big or go home. Covering champ. Yes! Yes! (laughs) Ah, yes! (laughs) I was just going through my head. I'm like, what's left in Vermont that Hattie hasn't done yet? I'm like, she gotta do champ now. She wouldn't be doing. Is she doing champ? Oh, maybe she's doing no. champ. But I didn't, but I didn't want to get my hopes up. I'm gonna probably repeat this a million times because I'm I'm gonna read off my notes and I know I said this in my notes. The reason I can't do this justice is there are. First off, I don't have a library card right now. I know I'm sorry. You're a librarian. Don't shame <laughs> me. We're in the middle of a global panorama. Shame. We're in the middle of a global <laughs> panorama. 
I haven't got a library card yet. So I couldn't check out the books I wanted to. And they're all like behind like Google paywalls, Amazon paywalls. Ah. Um, and on top of that, there are 300 plus sightings. <laughs> there are over 300 sightings. I'm not covering all 300 sightings. <laughs> I could find most of them. I'm not doing it. So this is going to be just a little bit of background and the honorable mentions, okay? All right. Quick geography lesson. Lake Champlain is, it's 125 miles long north to south. Uh, it stretches 16 miles into Quebec and attaches to the St. Lawrence River. All right. Uh, to the west of the lake is New York. To the east is Vermont. At its widest point up north, it's 14 miles long. Uh, at the smallest, you could probably look across it. Uh, so Champ has four names that you can find the, in, like, in text. The first one is the Lake Champlain Sea Serpent. Uh, the next one is Champ. The next one is Champy. And then <laughs> my favorite, Joseph Zarinsky, who is a, a self-claimed Champ Seeker, has given it a scientific name. Bellu Aquatica Champlaininess, which means the huge water creature of Lake Champlain. I love that. I also love that, and I did this too when I uh, when I covered my last spooky. Um, I love when people call lake monsters sea serpents. Is when they're not in the freaking. I know. Champ is not just a popular piece of folklore and a huge symbol in Vermont, but it's also in Northern New York. I do not like that. <laughs> I want Champ all to myself as a Vermonter, but I understand that I have to share. I have to share. Uh, but, you know, where did this lore originate from? Uh, well, so if you ask almost almost everyone, per the legends, uh, Samuel de Champlain was the first European to spot the beast. However, this, it's not true. <laughs> you could sugarcoat it and say it is debated by contemporary folklore. It is blatantly not true. <laughs> so why do we say that Samuel D. Champlain was the first European to spot Champ? Well, you see, in 1970, uh, the summer issue of Vermont Life magazine, yes, the same magazine that published the anthology that I got the last spooky out of <laughs> Vermont Life in the same year, 1970, their summer issue, uh, a historian from Keysville, New York named Marjorie Lansing Porter wrote down that Samuel D. Champlain was the first European to spot the beast, even gave us the following quote translated into English for our reading ease and reading pleasure. Uh, apparently during his 1609 ex exploits uh, while chartering Quebec, he wrote that he saw, and I quote, a serpent-like creature about 20 feet long, as thick through as a barrel with the head shaped like a horse. Ooh, champy, champy thick with three C's. <laughs> with three C's. This quote has ever since then, like people took that quote and they ran with it. <laughs> like run, force, run, stop, force, stop. And the reason I say stop, force, stop it's is because, because it's not true. <laughs> no, yes. Contemporary historians and surveyors of Champlain's work have come forward and said, hey, he never said that. Here's all of his work. Here's all the receipts. He never fucking said that. What he did say was that he saw a huge ass fish. <laughs> he was talking about how he saw a lot of fish, like, and that they were, and that the aquatic uh, fauna and flora of Lake, what's now known as Lake Champlain, was vast. And while saying that, he said, translated into English, I quote, "I saw some five feet long, which were as huge as my thigh, 
with the head being as big as my two fists with a snout two feet and a half long and a double row of very sharp and dangerous teeth. Its body is in shape, much like that of a pike, but it's armed with scales so strong and a poniard could not pierce them. Its color is silver gray. He was talking about what we have in Lake Champlain, which is called a gar pike. I was going to be like, that sounds like a pike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he was like, it's not a, it looks like a pike, but it's not a pike. It's a pike, Samuel. It's a, it's a pike. <laughs> so if not Samuel de Champlain, who did Percy Champ? I'm <laughs> going to go out on a limb and say probably the Native American people yeah. that lived there first. My, my next paragraph is, well, according to the primarily white people legend, the Iroquois and the the Abenaki Native Americans described a lake monster that ate humans. I could not find valid what I would consider a Native American source to confirm or deny this. It might be true. It might not. I am white and really am really, it's something that is a bad thing of mine. I'm not good at researching things from other cultures and knowing what's true and what's not. I was able to find that the Abenaki had two names for this alleged creature, mm-hmm. the Tatoskok and the Gittoskog. Uh, But because I'm not good at it and I don't want to be like, according to Native American legend, <laughs> the first confirmed sighting uh, that I could verify because it was from a newspaper in the 1800s was in 1819. The Plattsburgh Republican, which is the paper in Plattsburgh, New York, mm-hmm. published an article describing how a captain who, I love his name, Captain Crum. <laughs> and Captain Crum was on a boat near Port Henry, New York, and he saw a quote-unquote black monster in the water. I love his telling because he was apparently uh, 200 yards away. It was a, He saw a black serpentine creature 200 yards away yet despite being so far away he gave very surprising details such as how he thought it was more than 180 feet long it was swimming with two sturgeon and one billfish it had three teeth and the his eyes were the color of pickled onions and this monster apparently had a red stripe around its neck and a white star on its forehead okay the next major sightings were all in 1873. So the New York Times reported that railroad workers, a, a railroad worker saw the head of an enormous serpent in the waters of Lake Champlain. The serpent had bright silvery scales that were glistening in the sun, which to me, I could not find the article. I do not have access to the New York Times archives, but I'm guessing this happened during the day if they were shimmering in the sun. Ah. The article also says that at this time, the crew and the monster parted ways. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, there is a giant ass snake. Goodbye. <laughs> Look Thanks at my wealthy you, sir. <laughs> Good luck on your giant serpent business that you are going about. Uh, so the same year in July, the Clinton County Sheriff, whose name was Nathan H. Mooney, reported that he saw an enormous snake or water serpent on Lake Champlain. He claimed that he he was standing about 100 yards away, but he could see that this creature was about 25 to 35 feet long. The next month, the steamship WB Eddy came across Champ by literally running into it. (laughs) Poor Champ. 
And the ship nearly turned over, according to passengers who were on board. So this was a steamship that hit something, and multiple witnesses saw that what it hit was a giant-ass snake. Because this was three sightings in the same year, P.T. Barnum, yes, the showman and businessman, decided to offer an award for, and I quote, the hide of the great Champlain serpent, because he wanted Mm. to add it to his, and I quote, mammoth world's fair show. I don't like P.T. Barnum. No, no one. He's not a good person. No one likes P.T. Barnum. Yeah. As I said, there were over 300 claimed sightings, so I'm not going into all of them, (laughs) but I will give the honorable mentions. First honorable mention. Burlington News wrote in 1915 in their newspaper the following, and I quote, the Lake Champlain sea serpent has again appeared to the astounded inhabitants of this place. He was seen at the encampment of the American Canoe Association when, coming to the surface in the neighborhood of a flotilla of crusading canoes, he scattered (laughs) the occupants into a panic. (laughs) Just gonna swim through here. Excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently they were having like a canoeing contest or something. And he just was like, hello, I am here. And all the canoers were like, goodbye, I am gone. (laughs) (laughs) But just like how matter of fact it is. That's like yeah. as succinct as the weather. So uh, the w- most well-known sighting is that of Sandra Mancy. In 1977, she was vacationing in Delman's Bay with her family. And she took a photograph that appears to show a monster sticking its head out of the lake. And so this photo shows what looks like a head and a neck. And it looks more like kind of like a, an animal that's plesiosaur in quality. Yeah. So not a serpent, but a an actual like dinosaur-like monster. Like a, a sea creature rather than a sea serpent. This photograph got the attention of Joe Nickel and Benjamin Radford. And Sandra Mancy even has a picture of them. For those who don't know who are listening, they are two very well-known paranormal investigators and skeptics. This story, however, does have its flaws. So the first one is the, she said it was taken in St. Albans Bay. She cannot remember where in St. Albans Bay it was taken. (laughs) So, and because it's a grainy 1977 photo, it's kind of hard to tell exactly where it is. However, I think they're called aquamarinas. The the, the people who like know the lake inside and out and make it a habit to know the lake have said that where if it was in St. Albans Bay, that entire bay at its deepest is 14 feet deep. That is not very deep. No. I mean, Lake Champlain is is deep. Yeah. I think at its deepest, uh, it's 400 feet. But in the bay, in St. Albans Bay, at the deepest it gets is 14 feet. And Joe Nickel believes that it's very unlikely that a creature as large as the reported lake monster could swim, let alone hide in such shallow waters. Right. Yeah, that that would be that would be a challenge. Yeah. Uh, Also, she did not keep the negative. So investigators Mm. can't like take the negative, make enhanced copies or, you know, check to see if the negative had been doctored. Mm. Most people do think it's authentic. But there's no way to know because she didn't keep the negative. Uh, A lot of skeptics believe that this is a funky shaped tree trunk or a log that's like sticking out of the water. You know how logs sometimes will still have the branches. And there's actually, I'm going to send it to you. Somebody did 
a model, like a 3D model of what they think the the stick or the log sticking out of the water would would have looked like. <laughs> so if you give me two seconds, I'm gonna send this to you. <laughs> I'll that put that is, on the Instagram. Too. Okay, I can see how that would be a thing. Like I've seen, I've I've seen TikToks about like lakes that have petrified tree trunks that just float around the lake and have been floating around that lake for decades. <laughs> yeah. So a further honorable mention, this is my favorite. I should not play favorites, but I'm going to play favorites with uh, <laughs> like, but I'm going to get over that hurdle. <laughs> yeah. Walter, uh, uh, it's a freaking Polish name. Walter, <laughs> Walter Wojowodzik of Port Henry, New York was part of, so <laughs> he claimed to see champ. So the Burlington Free Press, which is a newspaper in Burlington, did an article about it. And he gave them this absolute gem of a quote. It's, I personally think it is beautiful and poetic. And I quote, I said, holy Jesus, look at that thing. I've seen porpoises and whales when I was in the Navy, but it wasn't like that. It was like 40 or 50 feet long, the whole thing. I just like that. I said, holy Jesus, look at that thing. I love it. <laughs> that whole thing makes it for me. But as I said, there are over 300 reported sightings. Uh, Balawuga Bay, which I believe is a bay in New York, has a whole plaque that lists the ones just from that area, and it's three <laughs> plaques large. They start off with Samuel D. Champlain, which, as we know... Is incorrect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're gate-sized plaques, and each one is two columns. So there's six columns worth of names. That's a lot of people all seeing a giant lake monster. And that's just in Bulwaga Bay. So <laughs> this isn't a sighting, but there is a record. Someone did like a sonar recording. Uh, the Fauna Communications Research Institute in 2003 was working with a Discovery Channel program. And the sound is similar to the sounds that a beluga whale or a dolphin would produce in the water. But because it's in Lake Champlain, is beluga there. whale. No, I could see a dolphin though. There, I know there have been other lakes that have like found dolphins in them. It's not plausible, but it's possible. Not just that, but the Fauna Research Institutes um, and marine biologists and stuff studying the area. There's never been any evidence that there's ever been a dolphin in Lake Champlain. Like I say, not plausible, but possible. Let's let's move on a little bit. I'm going to get away from sightings. There's two theories I've seen. One is that people believe that Champ is a relative of the plesiosaurs. And another is that, so there was like these mysterious alligator tracks that were found near Lake Champlain once. And there are no alligators or crocodiles in Vermont, in northern New York. It's not a thing that's found. So... We've all seen Lake Placid. <laughs> Lake Placid is not attached to Lake Champlain. I know. <laughs> I just went to Lake Placid last week. It's a beautiful lake. It is. But based on the appearance of these tracks that were found near Lake Champlain, a cryptozoologist named Katie Elizabeth and another one named Dennis Hall in 2016, they made the suggestion that Champ was related to the, to the crocodile family, that he was part of the, the crocodilidae. There was another researcher named Scott Martis who said, no, Champ's not a crocodile. These aren't <laughs> mysterious alligator tracks. These are the tracks of a large-ass snapping turtle. People mentioned that he could be the long-nosed gnar or just a very, very large lake sturgeon. And people 
like, like what you said in your last episode, you know, someone sees a long-nosed gar or lake sturgeon and they never seen this. Cre- Have you ever seen either of those? They're fucking terrifying looking. Yeah. So, you know, you see this large ass, scary ass fish and you've never seen it before. And the first time you tell the story, you know, oh yeah, that, that it was like 10 feet long and had like sharp teeth and very scary eyes. And by the 10th time you tell the story, it was 185 feet long and had a white star on its forehead and uh, yeah. the three big teeth and these bulging, you know. You know it was the shark from Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if Champ does exist, we haven't found everything in the bottom of a lake that we haven't even found feet. everything that's on the bottom of the ocean yet like <laughs> that's different that's very deep this is the 400 foot deep i mean there could be like a cave that we don't know where this creature or this creature's family if it's because it's probably not a 500 year old creature if it exists it's probably a family of creatures that's my personal opinion i've heard stories like what well why haven't they found them and these are just stories that i've heard through folklore hearing it myself as a native vermonter hearing my oral history and oral legend i've heard that there's a series of caves underneath at the, like at the bottom of lake champlain that this family of sea monsters resides in i have heard this is the most ridiculous but it's actually the first story i heard and i heard it like so many fucking times people genuinely believe that there are tunnels under underneath Lake Champlain going underground and connecting to the other lakes and that champ and possibly champ's family can swim through them and just like go to other lakes and that he happens to be oh in the tunnels or oh in Lake Willoughby when they happen to sonar the lake okay that's literally one of the primary explanations for why they could never find Oscar the turtle is because oh he was in one of the other lakes yes I remember (laughs) So Champ is a huge part of lore. At the elementary school I went to, we had a field trip. I think it was like third or fourth grade. It was the end of the year field trip, like the last week of school. We went all the way to Burlington. We got our little eight-year-old butts onto a bus with our parent chaperones and drove the, what felt like at the time, hours and hours long, but in reality, it was probably like an hour, an hour and a half trip to downtown Burlington for a lunch on the spirit of Ethan Allen. And I was so scared to go because throughout school, everyone's like, oh, are you going to see Champ? Champ's going to get you. Yeah, Champ's going to get you. And I was so scared to see Champ because Champ was real to my eight-year-old self. Mm -hmm. So you can't go anywhere along Lake Champlain without running into Champ. Port Henry, New York holds an annual Champ Day every summer the minor league <laughs> team in vermont used to be called the expos but its mascot was champ and in the early 2000s it did a ch- name change it changed its name to the lake monsters and it kept the mascot champ the mas- yeah champ the mascot is a lovable green dino looking motherfucker i actually still gonna- probably don't like him because i have a thing about mascots i love champ. like you go places you go to like events in the area you go to like charity events to local community events and champ's gonna be there there are two vermont northern new york icons that you can guarantee to see at any like local public event one is going to be nbc5 chief meteorologist tom messner <laughs> and you will see champ because when you think of the adirondack plattsburgh northern new york even down to Fort Ticonderoga. And when you think of like the Burlington metropolitan, the Champlain Valley area, 
the two people that pop into your head are Tom Master <laughs> and Champ. <laughs> so anywhere that you go, if you want to get souvenirs, you can find Champ. You can find Champ mugs, Champ t-shirts, Champ bumper stickers. You can find like little Champ keychains. <laughs> you can, there's even a restaurant, I believe it's in New York. It might be in Port Henry, knowing, knowing how much Port Henry loves Champ. It's probably in Port Henry. There's a restaurant where you can go and get a seafood sandwich on a sesame seed bun and they call it the champ burger oh yeah also funniest fact and this is the fact i'm gonna i'm gonna leave you on champ is officially by law legally a protected creature on both sides of the lake that's excellent in 19- that's the kind of shit i'm here for yeah in 1981 port henry new york declared their waters a safe haven for champ the next year, in 1982, the Vermont State House passed a resolution protecting Champ. And the next year, in 1983, both the New York State Assembly and the New York State Senate passed resolutions protecting Champ. I like that New York's like, we're going to do a thing. And Vermont's like, we refuse to be one-upped by New York. Yeah. <laughs> and we will yeah. also do the thing. Yeah, Port Henry, New York. Oh, we're going to protect Champ. Vermont. We're going to protect Champ harder. And then New York's like, well, we're going to protect him harder than that. <laughs> so yeah, he is a protected uh, member of the fauna in Lake Champlain. Love it. Maybe <laughs> if he did a little bit of a travel up to Quebec, I Quebec hasn't protected him. If he swims into Quebec, he is fair game for the fishermen. <laughs> the fishermen could go ahead and just like fucking take him out in Quebec. Don't Champ, but, run away. But, hide from Quebec. <laughs> just just stay out of that six miles of, of lake. Just if he stays down, he's not. He is a protected creature. He is a he might as well be a citizen. <laughs> so yeah, that is the story of Champ the Lake Monster. <laughs> that is excellent. I love Champ. I'm sad I didn't do like a full like two hour expose that I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Put- <laughs> I love you're like, but I didn't want to. <laughs> not only did I not want to put in the effort researching, but I didn't want to put in the effort editing. That's I am gonna, a lazy creature. I am gonna be presented with the same kind of dilemma if and when I eventually cover the Jersey Devil. I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna have to cut this down to half an hour. <laughs> Obviously, I started at Wikipedia, and I... Where all good sources start. (laughs) And I meander to cryptids.fandom.com. The only book I was able to get without a paywall, and it's still only a partial, is The Untold Story of Champ, A Social History of America's Loch Ness Monster, which is by Robert E. Bartholomew from the SUNY Press, December... Yeah, SUNY Press, December 4th, 2012. I went to newenglandfolklore.blogspot.com and their blog article just called The Monster of Lake Champlain from December 8th, 2017. The Yankee Magazine, it's behind a paywall, but they're stupid because their paywall thing, it's just a big pop-up that says you can't read this without access, but then you can still scroll and see everything. So my window was just like two inches, but I read the whole article. Yeah. That yeah. article is called, I think it's just called like Champ Sightings. And I can't see when that date was because that's behind the little paywall bubble. But you know what? That's their own fault. But that's by someone named Mel Ellen. 
My other sources were the New England Historical Society's Champ, the Lake Champlain Lake Monster, an article from the West Hill House Bed and Breakfasts website called Champ Real or Imagined, a Vermont Legend, <laughs> Lake Champlain Regions, Adirondack, USA, uh, did an article called Champ, the Lake Champlain Monster, again. And yeah, those are my sources. Excellent. All right, now where can people find us? <laughs> if people have questions, comments, concerns, stories they want us to share, sweet nothings they want to type really, really small as if whispering in our ear, we will ignore the latter. Hmm. But anything you email us, you email to trulyfabulouslymonstrous at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram at trulyfabulouslymonstrous. And if you want to come hang out on Twitter, we are on Twitter at tfabmonsterpod. So join us for the season three finale, where Ace tells us a crime. A crime. Yes, we will be there. We hope you will, too. Bye. Bye.